0: Hello, my name is Greg Bainey, pastor and founder of Woodlands Gathering. You are listening to the Sacred Wonder podcast. Sacred Wonder is a ministry of Woodlands Gathering Church located in Soddy Daisy, Tennessee. Please listen carefully and prayerfully and thank you for joining us. Hello, you are listening to the Sacred Wonder Podcast, and I am your host, Greg Bainey. If you are listening and identify as a Native American and have a question or issue that you would like for us to explore, send me an email at sacredwonderpodcast at gmail.com. If you've been following along over the last several weeks, you know that we have discussed the historical barriers to the native peoples of North America seeing the Christian faith as something other than a colonial religion. Today, we will conclude this series with a question. What then? A response to this question is intended for both our native listeners, our primary audience, as well as our Anglo listeners. There are three things that we should ponder as we seek to answer how we will meaningfully respond to the realities presented in the last few episodes. First, allow me to speak to my Anglo brothers and sisters who might be listening, especially those who profess to be followers of Christ. I realize that the information shared in this podcast may have been difficult to hear, and you are most likely hearing it for the first time. Naturally, your response might be to question my motives in sharing these things. As mentioned in the beginning of the podcast several weeks back, the primary audience of Sacred Wonder are natives living in and around the Chattanooga region. However, it's important for Anglo followers of Christ to hear these things as well, because the gospel message we claim to profess does not only reconcile us to God, it should also reconcile us to each other. A critical step in reconciliation is to become aware of the issues that have divided us and take ownership of them. As believers, it should be no stretch to believe that the wrong done against others is more than likely much worse than we think it is. After all, eating of the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden might have seemed like a simple mistake, wanting to try new things, even things forbidden. However, it was far worse than a simple mistake. It was a violation against the very fabric of our cosmos, the law of God. My hope in sharing these things is not grounded in some contemporary social political theory that envelops a humanistic solution to the ills of our society wrapped in religious jargon. My purpose is to bring all of us to the first step of reconciliation. And for Anglo believers, this entails acknowledging the sins of the past and understanding how the structure of our current society is shaped by those sinful patterns, much to which the average Anglo citizen is unaware. Before listening to this podcast, you had an excuse for not knowing such things. After all, these things are not taught in our schools. Now, after having a brief introduction to these issues, to remain ignorant would be to persist in willful ignorance a desire to ignore these things because the possibility that they might be true is too much to face. Allow me to appeal to you that we can face such things because the gospel gives us the freedom and power to do so. You see, if any of us is unwilling to entertain the notion that we might be worse than we think, we have an unbiblical view of the nature of man. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9, quote, the heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately sick. Who can understand it? End of quote. Because of the sickness of the heart, we need a Saviour. The opposite is true also. We are better off than we could possibly imagine because we are loved unconditionally by a God who is present at all times and in all places. Believing this frees us up to be honest about ourselves, and to listen with attentiveness to those who are hurting. Second, allow me to state a firm belief that originates with Scripture. God is at work in all of the world, and always has been. God was at work in the Americas long before the first missionary ever came. To think otherwise is to have an extremely ethnocentric view of the work of God in this world. It also betrays an ignorance of the past. For example, God was at work in Europe before the Germanic tribes embraced the Christian faith. And the Catholic Church showed some awareness to this when they accommodated the pagan ritual of Yuletide to create the religious holiday of Christmas. To believe that God is at work in one culture and not another is the same as stating that one culture is somehow more special to God than the other, or has been shown a unique type of spiritual favoritism. I can hear many Christian believers object to this on the basis that God chose a people in the Old Testament, Israel and seemingly structured their culture in a way that revealed his divine plan at the exclusion of all other cultures. However, this is not exactly true. After all, when God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and entered into a covenant with him and his descendants, he stated his purpose was to make him a blessing to all the nations of the earth. Even in what appears to be the exclusive nature of God's call to a specific people, he had all people in mind. This is evident later in the life of God's people when Jonah, that revered prophet who had an unfortunate and up-close encounter with a giant fish, was called of God to go to Nineveh. The message God brought to Nineveh, a kingdom that was actually an enemy of Israel, the Old Testament people of God, was that they should repent and turn to him. Thus, God was working even among Israel's enemies. Another example of this truth occurs at the birth of Christ. Each year, We relive the story of the Christmas nativity, and some of the essential characters are the three magi, or wise men. These men were not part of the Israelite community. They were actually practitioners of what many today would identify as astrology. Yet God was working among them and actually used their study of the stars to bring them to the birthplace of Christ. Many Christians celebrate this marvelous occurrence each year without pondering how these three outsiders even knew who Jesus was. After careful and thoughtful search through the Old Testament, you will not find one single prophecy that the birth of Christ would be accompanied by the appearance of a special star, but this was exactly how the three wise men knew he had been born. In other words, God was working among these people and their cultures, and using what they knew about him to bring them to Christ. God did not wait for Anglo missionaries to arrive on the shores of the Americas to begin working among native peoples. Too often the attitude towards traditional native culture by Anglo believers is to consider it taboo and replace it with Anglo-cultural expressions of faith in God. The assumption is that these expressions are somehow emptied of any cultural associations, an assumption that requires a significant lack of self-awareness to continuously endorse. It is the responsibility of the Christian believer regardless of his or her cultural background, to discern how God is at work in a specific culture and join Him in this work, knowing that this effort will always be in sync with the teaching of the Bible, as well as an authentic expression of that culture's values and traditions. We can engage this process confidently because of two truths. One, every human being is made in the image of God and is an image bearer of God. And culture is an expression of this fact. And two, the Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. When we join Him in His efforts, we will be used by Him to bring flourishing to a community and society, not harm. Finally, allow me to speak to native listeners, especially those who object to the Christian faith because of the past actions of those who profess faith in Christ and did and continue to do atrocious things, even in His name. Christ and his good news cannot be judged by the lives of those who profess faith in him, because not all who profess faith in him truly follow him. The validity of the good news of Christ must be judged based on his own teachings. When we allow Christ to speak for himself, when we pick up the Bible and come to the table asking the Holy Spirit to help us understand, we are able to see who Christ really is. A man, indigenous to his world and culture, fully human and fully divine. He lived a perfect life in harmony with God and all of creation, and he died an unjust death. He died for us, so that we who were separated from God could be adopted by him. We who were his enemies could become his friends. He rose again from the dead to show that in him all of creation shall rise. First mankind than every good thing that God has created. Our job as those who follow Christ is to walk this good way and seek to bring harmony between God and all of our relations. We can do this with confidence because we know that Jesus will come again to earth. He will return and restore all things completely. To native people, there is no difference in believing something and doing something. In other words, you cannot have an abstract theology that codifies one's faith separate from one's actions. In the Western Anglo world, it is possible to believe one thing and live in a manner inconsistent with one's beliefs. Now, we know that such a thing is possible, theoretically, and all people, native and non-native alike, often say they believe one thing and then behave as if they do not. However, in the biblical worldview, this is not faith, but the lack thereof. This is why James, one of the New Testament writers, could say with confidence in James chapter 2 verse 17, quote, "So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead." End of quote. So were those who professed faith in Christ and yet committed atrocities in His name inconsistent with his teachings, truly believers? I am not in a position to judge their hearts, and a future generation might well look back on and determine that my own lifestyle is inconsistent with my profession. However, what I can say with certainty is that the worldview that emphasizes a cerebral consent to faith above a practical consent to faith might easily lead some to falsely believe they follow Christ because they know all the right answers to the big questions instead of knowing the one, the person who can transform their hearts and change their lives. Allow me to say to both Anglo and Native listeners, that as a follower of Christ, who comes from both an Anglo and Native background, I believe the wrong that we have all done against each other, pales in comparison to the wrong that we have collectively done against God. It is because God loved us so that He sent His Son to live and die to reclaim us for His own, that we have hope of coming together. Native and Anglo alike, around the table of the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to email me at sacredwonderpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and tune in next time as we continue to explore together this sacred wonder.